1450. That is the Thornton's text line. Look forward to your text, 414-1450. It was a disappointing weekend around here. Kentucky was a seven-point favorite, six and a half as of uh, Saturday morning. They lose. They cover, but they lose. Louisville as a 13-and-a-half-point favorite at kickoff, not good. Not good. Against a team that the week before was awful. I've got a great stat. I love my stats. Boston College rushed for 144 yards against Louisville. In their first three games versus Power 5 opponents this season, Boston College rushed for a combined 128 yards. 16 more yards against the Cards than collectively against the first three Power 5 teams they played this season. Not good. Indiana, five-point underdog, goes to Nebraska. It's 21-all. You're in the game. You're missing two receivers. Your offensive line is struggling, and you just can't get it done. Indiana falls to two and three, or excuse me, three and two, still above the Mendoza line. That won't last long. They got Michigan coming to Bloomington next week. I guess the only positive around here, Western Kentucky lost at home to Troy. I guess the only positive, if you're of that ilk, is Purdue upset Minnesota in Minneapolis as a 12-point underdog. Here's the thing about football. And football's worse than any other sport because there are so many fewer games. Hockey, you got over, you got a bunch of games. Basketball, NBA, you got 82 games. College basketball, they've got you got 40 if you reach the the NCAA championship. Baseball, we know 162, which uh, only three left now this year for each team. Football, you got 12 games. In college, you got 17 in the NFL. That's it. So the reaction, and I call it overreaction Monday a lot, the reaction is dependent completely, completely upon the result of that week. We forget what happened two weeks ago. I said this Friday. The Tua Tungavailoa concussion, was it or was it not a concussion last week? Okay, now... Doctors are getting fired today, and I said this Friday, it doesn't matter because Monday we're on to the next shiny object. Whatever's new, we've had an entire weekend of college games, some great, some not so great. We've had a Sunday full of NFL football. We're awaiting the Rams and the 49ers tonight. We will be quick to dismiss the story that is Tua and the concussion, and that's what we're doing. I haven't heard much about it today. I've watched some some media. Everybody wants to talk about the Ravens blowing another big lead. They want to talk about Bailey Zappi of Western Kentucky playing pretty well in the Patriots' loss at Green Bay. They want to talk about the Cats no longer being undefeated and the Cards need a new coach and the Indianas may not win another game. Two is done. We're done with that. On to the next thing. Social media world that we live in. And today it's all about reaction. Louisville fan, what is your reaction to Saturday's loss at Boston College? This is a game you thought you were going to win. I thought you were going to win. I said on this program, Boston College is awful. 
Louisville will cover that 14-point spread. I was wrong. But what's the reaction? A week ago, a week ago today, I'm on this program. Actually, I wasn't on. I took the day off. Last Tuesday, I'm on this program, 41-3. to You route uh, South Florida. All is good, right? All is good. You're back to 2-2. Two and two. You got this great recruiting class coming in next year. Now let's go on, win some ACC games. You got winnable games at Boston College, at Virginia. Who knows what's going to happen when Pitt comes in here. Wake Forest will be ranked when they come in. All right, we can get a shot at them, get a shot at NC State at home. Everybody's happy. You're not talking about who the next coach is going to be or who you want to be your next coach. Here we are six days later, and Jeff Brom, who had coached poorly at the end of games against Penn State and Syracuse, I think that's fair. Those teams made plays because his defense couldn't stop them. I think that's fair. Now, hey, yeah, let's get Jeff back in here. It is all about reaction to what has happened most recently. Purdue wins in an upset over Minnesota. Their defense actually, couldn't believe it, played very, very well. And Louisville lays an egg at Boston College. We're right back where we were after the Louisville-Syracuse game. Remember that? That was four weeks ago. Game's over. Five weeks ago. Game's over. Oh, i got to get a new coach. Then you go to Central Florida and win. All right. I like it. The team brought some effort. They brought some enthusiasm. Got some talent here. All right. Then you lose a close one at home to Florida State. Should have won that game. Oh, man. Well, we're going to be okay. We're going to be okay. We're going to figure out how to win these close games. Won a close game down in, in Orlando the week before. Then you pummel South Florida. There we are. This is us. Malik's leading this team. We got new receivers. Everybody's making plays. The defense is great. Flying to the football. That South Florida team almost beat Florida in the swamp. Should have beat Florida in the swamp. And we just beat them by 38 points. We're good. We're good to go. Can't wait to go to Boston College. And here we are reacting today. Who's our next coach going to be? That's the way it works. That's the way it works. There is no look at the composite of the season. You don't have that. You react to what happened most recently. And right now, Louisville fan is upset with the coach. They're upset with the defense. They're upset with a lot of different things. Malik Cunningham took a shot, right? Personal foul, targeting. Came out of the game for one play. Did we learn nothing from the Miami Dolphins? Because he came out for one play. Any football player comes to the sideline and says, I'm okay. I'm ready to go back in, coach. That's how we're conditioned as football players. I'm ready to go. He goes back in. Not just for the rest of that series, for another series. Then he's no longer available. Back into the tent. And we still don't know what the injury is. We can guess, like we did with Tua, the back injury? No. Head injury? Yes. Should Malik Cunningham have ever come back in that game on Saturday? Well, game's too close. 
Got to win, right? Got to win. He says he's okay. Let's put him back in. Tua said, "Eh, it's my back. I'm okay. Put him back in. Did we learn nothing from the mistake of the Miami Dolphins two weeks ago? A week ago Sunday. Did we learn nothing? 34-33 was the final score. Zay Flowers, okay, somebody want to guard this guy? Five catches, 151 yards, two touchdowns. This defense, and I said this early in the year. I said early in the year, I went to media day for Louisville football. And at media day, and it happens every year, the media members, myself included, drink the Kool-Aid. We've got a mental strength coach now. Our strength coach, our physical strength coach, here's what he's doing with these guys. They're a year older. They're a year smarter. They're a year more mature. This defense is ready to stop some people. They are ready to play great. And we're going we're gonna to close out those games defensively that we didn't close out last year. That's what we're going to do. And you drink the Kool-Aid. And you say, maybe so. But I said, not so fast. I've drank the Kool-Aid year after year after year, whether it's blue or red, whatever color, or cream and crimson, whatever color you give me, I've drank it. Right? Indiana, that was an anomaly last year. I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. Not this year. I didn't drink it this year. I said, no. These are the same defensive players for the most part that Louisville had last year. Why would I think it's going to be better? Why? Turns out, maybe, maybe I was right. South Florida, Central Florida, both looked like, yeah, coaches are right. The defense is better. They did close out a close game at Central Florida. The mental aspect is there. They've they've gone to whatever psychoanalysis they can go through and they're, they're good to go now. Everybody's happy. Playing deep, flying to the ball, helping each other up, patting each other on the, on, the, on the helmet. Good job. And then you can't stop Boston College, who had six plays, at least six plays, of over 20 yards. Can't stop them. And here we are with those same guys playing that same defense that crushed you in some games at the end of games last year. And guess what? Another close game, and you can't get the win. Another loss in a close game, just like Florida State, and now you're 0-3 in the ACC. What ACC game are they now going to win? They're favored this weekend. Four-point favorites at Virginia. Virginia got skunked by Duke. Virginia's terrible. They're not good. But I said the same thing about Boston College last week. They're not good. Got a good quarterback. Virginia's got a good quarterback. Probably better than the Boston College quarterback. But here's Louisville, a four-point favorite. You still got Pitt. Now, Pitt lost to Georgia Tech at home this week. That is frightening. That is frightening if you're a Pitt Panther fan. Georgia Tech in the middle of a coaching search. They got an interim coach in there. Lost. 42-0 at home to Ole Miss. Terrible. You got Wake coming to town. That's not good. 
You got to Clemson. You got to go to Clemson. That's not good. You got NC State coming to town. That's not good. Virginia is probably the last legitimate shot for a conference victory. Or you could, if you don't beat Virginia Saturday, you could see Ofer in conference play. And if you see Ofer in conference play, or even Onefer, if you beat Virginia and you see Onefer in conference play, you're on the search for a new head football coach. That's the way it is, especially nowadays. Do you know how many coaches, Power 5 coaches, have been fired this year so far? Five. Paul Christ of Wisconsin was the latest. Paul Christ's record at Wisconsin this season was 2-3. and three. His record at Wisconsin as a head coach, 67-26. and 26, And he got canned for a 2-3 and three start. 67 wins and 26 losses. That's pretty good. That's really good. That's unbelievably above board. He's gone. Gone. Why? Because you started out two and three. You lost at Ohio State. I don't think anybody's going to blame you for that. But you lost at home to Washington State. And you lost at home Saturday to Illinois. Illinois' coach, former Wisconsin head coach, Brett Bielema. You can't lose 34-10 to to the coach that was there two coaches before you, and they fired. You can't do it. Five Division I Power Five program coaches have been fired already this season. NFL so far, through, through four weeks, nobody's been fired. College football, power programs, Five coaches have lost their job, and it's not going to end there. And if if you're Scott Satterfield, you better beat Virginia, and you better find a way to win a couple more down the line, whether it's James Madison or Pitt or Kentucky, NC. I don't care who it is. You got to beat somebody because right now you got two wins. Virginia should be three. You're going to be favored. You're not going to be favored the rest of the year except against James Madison. You're not going to be favored the rest of the year. Pitt will be a close spread because Pitt lost to, at home to Georgia Tech. But it, you're probably going to be an underdog. Maybe you'll be a two- or three-point favorite. It's disturbing. It's disturbing. And there is no more patience in the college game. There's too much money at stake. NIL deals, conference realignment. The Big Ten, they're out for blood. Scott Frost probably should have been fired last year at Nebraska. He's gone. Paul Christ, Wisconsin, gone. 67 and 26. When I saw that, I had to relook it up. I didn't believe it was true. How do you fire a coach who's not in trouble with the NCAA, who hasn't committed any recruiting violations? How do you fire a coach that's 41 games over 500? That's incredible. Malik Cunningham was 19 of 28, 186 in a touchdown. He ran for three touchdowns. He was once again the leading rusher on this Louisville team. 
I'm very interested to see tomorrow during the press conference, the noon press conference, what the explanation is as to, A, why he came back in the game after what appeared to be a shot to the head, and, B, why he was taken out of the game subsequently after that with an undisclosed injury. Scott Satterfield didn't want to talk about it in the postgame. He probably didn't want to talk about anything when you lose to Boston College. Brock Dolman, backup quarterback, one for eight, 17 yards. He completed his first pass and did not complete any of the next seven unless you count the last one, which was intercepted on the final play of the game. I'll get to Kentucky. It's a disgusted Monday around here with Kentucky, Louisville, and Indiana. We'll talk more about that, Major League Baseball playoff races. NFL recap, all that and more. You're listening to Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X. Welcome back. Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage. John Spears in studio. Eminem Cartage hotline is open, 384-1450 to join in on the conversation, 502-384-1450. Or you can text the show on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Get your text into the show at that number. Mark Stoops holding his weekly press conference. Uh, He does say Will Levis's finger was dislocated, but he does not require surgery. He popped it back into place, and he is available. Jacquez Jones, who went out with an injury against um, Ole Miss is a game time decision. Banged up is the, are the words that Stoops used. And J.J. Uh, Weaver, he hasn't ruled out Weaver playing on Saturday against South Carolina, but Weaver is not on the depth chart that was released this morning. Kentucky loses their first game of the year, 22-19 to at Ole Miss. They dropped to number 13 in the Associated Press poll. Uh, special teams disaster. Now, part of the disaster was what looked like it was going to be a great play. Barry on Brown, the freshman, had three kickoff returns for 164 yards. But the third one looked like it was going to be a touchdown until he tripped over his own teammate. Yikes. Two point-after touchdowns missed. One Partially blocked, one bad snap, never got the kickoff. A missed short field goal from Matt Ruffalo. The two Will Levis fumbles late, late in the game. These are old UK problems, right? These are Joker Phillips UK problems. These are uh, How Mummy UK problems. The late great Guy Morris. These are the problems he had. Not supposed to have these anymore. And look, the Levis fumbles, the first one occurred with 3.08 to go. And he's trying to get extra yardage. I had no problem with this, if I'm a Kentucky fan, and Mark Stoops. I have no problem with this. Look, you, you got the first down, you're trying to get an extra yard, you're being held up by the defense, and somebody comes in and knocks the ball out. Okay. The last one, 49 seconds, you're in field goal range. I was screaming at the television, which I rarely do, my wife may disagree, especially when the Titans are playing. But I was screaming at the television, just run the ball here. Run the ball. I know you're on the road, and I know you want to score a touchdown. 
you just scored a touchdown that was taken away. Great play by the freshman Dane Key, but an illegal shift, illegal motion on the cast. You're on the 12-yard line. It's first and goal. I know time is running down. You want to score a touchdown. There's under a minute to play. You're in field goal range. Now, Matt Ruffalo and the field goal unit has been really good up until the first part of this game, right? They were terrible. Bad bad hold on an extra point, a blocked extra point, a missed field goal. They're having a bad day. But I still trust Matt Ruffalo and the kicking game. I do. And it was going to be a under 30-yard field goal. Give the ball to Chris Rodriguez. He's got 72 yards and a touchdown. He hasn't fumbled even when you know guys were trying to knock that ball out of there. He was solid with the football. You have to get three in that situation. I know you want to win. I know you're on the road. A lot of metrics will tell you you're on the road. Go for the win. Okay. Got to get three. And you just fumbled on your last possession. You're lucky to have the ball back where you do. Another great play by Barry on Brown allowed you to have the ball where you have it now. Make sure you get the three so that you can get this game to overtime. Thank you, Lane Kiffin, for going for it on fourth and five. Fourth and goal at the five with ten and a half minutes to go. What are you doing? You take a six-point lead. Your defense has been good all year and in this game for the most part. Take the six-point lead. No, you throw into the end zone and Kentucky knocks it down and you keep it a three-point game. But if you're Mark Stoops with a minute to go, under a minute to go, first and goal at the 12, run the football. Give it to Chris Rodriguez. Who knows? Maybe he scores a touchdown. Ole Miss was playing the pass. They were lined up for the pass. They had five defensive backs in the game. Three down linemen. Get some yards. you got plenty of time here. Plenty of time. And worst case, you take the field goal. But Levis drops back to pass. you got a backup offensive lineman in there. Keep that in mind. The starter went down with a leg injury just a play or two earlier. You got a backup in there. He gets beat. Levis never sees it. Ball gets knocked out. Ball game. You got to get the three points there and get this game to overtime. I love Kentucky. Will Levis, first and 10 at the 25-yard line in overtime. Versus Ole Miss quarterback Dart, first and 10 against Kentucky's defense at the 25-yard line in overtime. Give me Will Levis and Kentucky's offense in overtime in that situation. you got to get the three. But again, turnovers, bad special teams plays, bad luck when you trip over your own teammate on your way to a touchdown. Levis was 18 of 24, 220 yards. Two touchdowns, sacked three times, two lost fumbles. Look, I've said this before, he holds the ball way too long. Now the counter-argument to that is a good one. When he does hold the ball for a little bit longer, he finds open receivers way down the field. 
like Tavion Robinson, like Barry on Brown, like Dane Key. Rich Scangerillo, the offense coordinator, has said all year, we've got three NFL receivers on this team. These are three guys that are going to be playing on Sunday. And we got a quarterback that's going to be playing on Sunday. So that if you give him the extra time, he's got a cannon of an arm and he finds guys down the field. The problem is sometimes he doesn't get that extra time and it feels like he holds onto the ball a little too long. I mentioned Chris Rodriguez. He was good in his return, 72 yards on 19 carries with a touchdown, three catches for 40 yards. Barry on Brown, look, I love Tavion Robinson, the transfer. He's really good, solid. But Barry on Brown is just scratching the surface here. The three kick returns were great, nearly incredible. Two catches for 81 yards, including that one in the last minute and a half. Just a little slant over the middle, and he almost got to the end zone. And one man to beat. Uh, And it's a different outcome. But it's Reaction Monday, right? So all of a sudden, Kentucky fan is down. Look, you lost to a team from the West, undefeated, on their home turf, in a game you probably think you at least, at least should have gotten to overtime. Now you got South Carolina coming in Saturday, 7.30, SEC Network. Kentucky's a 10.5-point favorite. These next two weeks, critical. Critical, because you got to win them both. South Carolina, uh, I looked at their schedule. They've beaten nobody. They got throttled by Georgia, and they got whipped up on by Arkansas. They've beaten nobody. Spencer Rattler, the Oklahoma transfer, is the quarterback. He's a good one. He can make all the throws. He started for Oklahoma last year. But the rest of that team, that's a very beatable team. You can't lay an egg Saturday. And then Mississippi State, oh, by the way, they're in the top 25 now. Oh, by the way, Mike Leach has a good defense, believe it or not. Oh, by the way, they just beat Texas A&M. Mississippi State comes to town before the bye week. Critical two weeks for Kentucky football. Because if you win these two games, and I know this is crazy to talk about, but the SEC East is still attainable because you've got Georgia at home at Tennessee. you got to win them both. You want to win the SEC East, you got to win both those games, period. Got to win them both. But you got to take care of the business in front of you first, which is two home games against South Carolina and Mississippi State. These are not sexy games. They're not. For a fan, not sexy. It's South Carolina. How many times has Kentucky beaten them in a row? Five now? Six? Something like that. It's Mississippi State. Come on. I don't care. They're in the top 25. Who cares? It's Mississippi State. They're from Stark, Vegas. Got to be ready to play in these two games. And then you can use the bye week. You can get healthy. And then you can focus on Tennessee and Georgia. Louisville, by the way, another noon start this weekend. (sighs) ACC Network at Virginia. Virginia's two and three. They're not good, but I said the same thing as I mentioned about Boston College. 
All right. New AP Top 25 is out. Alabama jumps Georgia to number one. I watched a lot of that Georgia game Saturday night, flipping back and forth. 26-22. Missouri had a 10-point lead in the fourth quarter against Georgia. 10-point lead. Eli Drinkwitz, is that right? Head coach of Missouri. He did everything right for about 55 minutes, 54 minutes. Everything was going well. And by the way, Kentucky does still have to play Missouri. Missouri's two and three. But they gave Georgia everything they wanted. Alabama, in the meantime, was at Arkansas winning 49-26 with a backup quarterback. Bryce Young got hurt early in the game. Bryce Young got hurt. Alabama had a 28-0 lead. Arkansas cut it to 28-23 before the backup quarterback, and only Alabama can have a backup quarterback that uh, is a gazelle, but that's what they have. He went nuts, and they went at 49-26. They jumped back into the number one spot in the AP poll. Ark, uh, Ohio State's still third. They beat Rutgers 49-10. They faked a punt with a 39-point lead. That didn't go over well with Rutgers coach Greg Schiano and Buckeye coach Ryan Day arguing at the midfield at the end of the game. Ryan Day, by the way, to his credit, has since apologized and said we should not have faked a punt with, 39 sec- with a 39-point lead. That's, it's like one of those unwritten rules in baseball, right? You don't bunt with an eight-run lead or an eight-run deficit. You don't, you don't fake a punt with a 39-point lead in uh, any level of football. But I don't know why Ohio State's not in the top two. Alabama almost got beat by Texas, should have got beat by Texas. Georgia was down 10 to Missouri in the fourth quarter. Ohio State has not had any issues, and they're missing some receivers. They're missing some star players. In my opinion, Ohio State is right now Best team in the country. Best team in the country. Michigan, number four, they beat Iowa 27 to 14. That was uh, one of my winners in the uh, in the uh, unsponsored six pack. Went three and three this week, as I mentioned, two and one in college football. Uh, Michigan and Clemson were my winners. Clemson beat NC State in Death Valley 30 to 20. NC State put up a fight. Clemson was just the better team at home on a Saturday night. Really that simple. Penn State was my loser. They were 25-point favorites. And when I turned the game on at 3.30, it was was raining, Nittany Lions, and Wildcats. It was raining, cats and dogs. And I thought, dude, I shouldn't have given you. You don't give 25 in a game when it's raining like this. Low-scoring game. 17-7 was the final. Penn State got the win. So 2-1 and one in college. Pros, I went 1-2. and two. I'll talk about that after the break. And we'll talk Indiana football as well. You're listening to Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X. Welcome back. Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage. John Spears in studio. Final segment on this Monday. Eminem Cartage hotline is open, 384-1450. To join in on the conversation, 502-384-1450. 
Thorns text line open as well. Get your text into the show at 414-1450. That's 502-414-1450. So I was just rechecking my uh, lines from Friday. Buffalo I had as a three-point favorite on Friday. So that's a tie. I got a push. So the uh, unsponsored six-pack went three up, two down, and one tie, which gives me an overall season record of 18 wins, 17 losses, and one tie. The tie was the Buffalo win over Baltimore. Tough to watch because you got Buffalo, you're giving the points, they're at the one-yard line, and they start to take a knee, setting up the game-winning field goal to win it 23-20. I had the Chiefs in a pick against Tampa Bay. Chiefs win last night 41-31. A lot of great offense. That's a really good Tampa defense. And it felt like, as I watched that game last night, Patrick Mahomes was trying to make a statement. I remember that Super Bowl against Tampa. I know it's Tom Brady, but you people seem to have forgotten that I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. And I know Tyreek Hill's not here anymore, but we got some We got some dudes here, whether it's Juju Smith-Schuster, Travis Kelsey's incredible. Clyde Edwards-Alaire had a great day out of the backfield. And then there are the Detroit Lions. I gave the four points. I took Detroit. Had you told me Detroit's going to score 45 points, I would have said, yeah, I feel pretty good about that. Nope. Seattle 48. Detroit 41, uh, I'm sorry, 45, uh, a score that has never been a final score in the NFL till yesterday, 48-45. The Detroit Lions have scored this season 35, 36, 24, and 45. They are 1-3. One 140 points, that's 35 a game if you do the math. They are one and three. The only win was a 36-27 win at home against the Washington Commanders. They've given up 38, 27, 28, and 48 this season. So that was my loser yesterday. All right, Nebraska beats Indiana 35-21. The uh, Cornhuskers improved to two and three. That is a That ends a nine-game FBS losing streak for Nebraska. They hadn't beaten a Division I program since they beat Northwestern about this same time last year. And Indiana, as I said, it was 21-all. They looked like they were in the game. They had a shot. Just not meant to be. And I will say this. I will give Nebraska fans as much credit as I give any fans. They still show up. Their team has not been relevant for years. Years. I don't want to go all the way back to Tom Osborne, but it's been a long time since Nebraska football was relevant, and they fill that stadium every time they have a home game. Doesn't matter who the opponent is. Doesn't matter what the situation is, what the circumstances are. They're there, and they're loud. And they were there and they were loud Saturday night as the Indiana Hoosiers came in. Connor Bazelak was 22 of 44, 223 yards, one touchdown, one interception, sacked three times. Indiana only rushed for 67 yards, which means they only had a total of 290 yards of total offense. 
I know you're missing a couple receivers. I, I think Basilak did a pretty good job overall. This was an ugly game to watch. 23 combined penalties for 202 combined penalty yards. That is the most in FBS this season. And now you got Michigan coming to town if you're the Hoosiers. Michigan, by the way, is a 23-point favorite. That is a noon start Saturday on Fox. Yikes. Uh, the Hoosiers, as I mentioned earlier, 3-2. and two. I don't know where that fourth win comes from. I think it'll show up at some point. You're going to win a game. You probably shouldn't win. You wish you played Northwestern, right? Maybe Rutgers, even though that's a road game. Uh, I'm trying to figure out when the Hoosiers will be favored again. Not Maryland. By the way, that has just been announced on the 15th of this month as a 3.30 game uh, in Bloomington. Hoosier fans, make a note. At Rutgers, probably not going to be favored there. Penn State at home, nope. At Ohio State, please, give me a break. At Michigan State, Michigan State's not very good. But you're not going to be favored. And then you finish the season with your arch rival, the Purdue Boilermakers. Maybe you beat Michigan State, maybe you beat Purdue, maybe you beat Rutgers. But the odds are going to be that you lose all three of those games, in addition to Ohio State and Michigan and Penn State and Maryland. I picked the Hoosiers to win four this year. I'm trying to look for that fourth one. I got to find it. I don't know where it's. I don't know where it's going to come from. I have no idea. Right now, I would say three is the number. If I said to you, over under wins for Indiana right now three and a half, what are you taking? What are you taking? Texture says Ohio State should be at least number two SEC bias. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe so. Because Alabama, Georgia, let's let's be honest about this. If they continue to win, no matter what they win by, they're going to play in the SEC championship game if they continue to win. So one of them is going to lose eventually. I would, I'm, I'm looking forward to Ohio State-Michigan again. Ohio State-Michigan this year, if Michigan continues on the path that they're on, it's going to be another undefeated, number three versus number four, I guess. Texture says, Brom won this weekend, just saying. Yep. <laughs> That's pretty good. Oh, it's Reaction Monday. That's what it is. Because after the Syracuse-Purdue game, Louisville fan was not talking about wanting Jeff Brown back. After the Florida Atlantic game that Purdue won by two points, staved off an overtime, stopping a two-point conversion while Louisville was thumping South Florida. You didn't hear anything. You know, the Brom lovers were all undercover. And here we are, a week later, they're back out. They're back out. Uh, Kentucky, uh, the SEC announced their starting games for the 15th as well a little earlier uh, this in this hour. Kentucky-Mississippi State is also going to be 7.30 on the SEC Network. So two straight weeks, Kentucky will have home games at 7.30 on the SEC Network. South Carolina this week, and then Mississippi State the following week, heading into the bye week for the Cats. 
All right, Major League Baseball's still fun, believe it or not. Uh, three games left in the regular season. Aaron Judge didn't hit a home run at home this weekend against Baltimore. He's still got 61. Um, he needs one more, obviously, to break uh, Roger Maris's all-time American League single-season record. And they're playing in Texas. So he's not going to do it in Yankee Stadium. Playing uh, three games set at Texas. These three games today, tomorrow, Wednesday, were these are games that were scheduled at the beginning of the year. Do you remember when we had a lockout? Remember that? So these are all makeup games, a lot of which have meaning. Philadelphia's got a two-game lead over Milwaukee for the final playoff spot in the National League. And this is all Milwaukee's fault. Because the Brewers lost three of four at home to Miami this weekend. Yikes. And they're gonna, if they miss the playoff, that's the series they're going to look to. Philadelphia basically needs two wins or one win and a Milwaukee loss or two Milwaukee losses. Milwaukee's at home to Arizona for the three games. Philadelphia is at Houston. Now, that's not easy, but Houston doesn't have anything to play for. They have locked up the number one seed in the American League. So if you're Philadelphia and you got to play Houston, this is the time to play them. Interesting games here tonight. Interesting games. Uh, Braves swept the Mets. I am so over the Braves being good. Brave fans, and I know you're listening, you're wearing me out. And did they troll the Mets this week, yesterday, last night, after the Braves won the third game? Yes, they did. Oh, Tommy the trumpet guy. Oh, they're making fun of everything Mets. And it took 157 games. Took 157 games. But now the Mets are back to doing Mets things. I used to say it all the time. Mets are doing Mets things. They sent DeGrom out on Friday. They lost. They sent Scherzer out Saturday. They lost. Ah, man. So the Braves have a two-game lead over the Mets. The Braves have three games in Miami. And keep in mind, Sandy Alcantara will start one of those games. Miami's, they're pretty good for a team that's, you know, 20 games under 500. They're not bad. And they're playing well. In the meantime, the Mets stay at home, or they go back home, I should say, and the Washington Nationals, who are 55 and 104, come to City Field. So I expect the Mets to win all three games. I do. But the Braves only have to win, I think, one now to clinch the National League East. Here's the deal. You really wanted to win the division. Because guess what happens here? The wild card, whether it's the Mets or the Braves, and right now it looks like it's going to be the Mets, if they get through the wild card round, which is three games at home, got to win two out of three, uh, and it'll be against, it looks like, San Diego, although San Diego and Philadelphia are still fighting for the fifth spot. Whoever it is, whoever wins, got the Dodgers. So the Braves are sitting pretty right now. They got a bye. They're going to have to play the winner of the Cardinals and probably the Phillies. While the Mets and Dodgers are over on the other side beating each other up. If you're Atlanta, you're in a prime position right now. 
But I have a couple of friends who are going to be unbearable, unbearable if the Braves win two World Series in a row. And I know that makes me petty, but that's why I'm pulling against the Braves. I don't want my friends to be that happy. That's just sad on my part, isn't it? That's just sad on my part. <laughs> All right, Rams and 49ers tonight. I'm going to take the Rams and the point and a half. You know, we are four weeks into the regular season now. This is, uh, this is the end of week four. Everybody's two and two or three and one or, or one and three. Uh, the Raiders finally won. Houston's the only team that hadn't won a game. They've got a tie on their resume. But everybody's forgotten about the Rams. Rams won a Super Bowl last year. They're two and one. Their only loss was that Thursday night opener at home against Buffalo. But everybody wants to talk about Buffalo, and I get it. Everybody wants to talk about the, uh, Kansas City after last night. I get it. Everybody wants to talk about the Eagles. The Eagles are 4-0. They're the only undefeated team. Down 14 nothing to Jacksonville yesterday. They came back and won 29-21. Eagles are good. I like this Eagles team. Okay, good defense, good mix of offense and defense. Running game's good. Jalen Hurts is getting better and better every time out. This is a good Eagles team. But everybody's forgotten about the Rams. San Francisco lost to Denver 11-10 to last week. 11-10 to in an ugly game. Yet they're a point-and-a-half favorite over the Rams. Now, past five years, the 49ers have owned the Rams in the regular season. They have. I think this is statement game for the Rams and Matthew Stafford tonight. I do. And Jimmy G, I know all he does is win. Not tonight. I'm taking the Rams and the point and a half tonight. We'll talk more NFL tomorrow, more college football as well. Wear a light jacket today. It's a little chilly outside. Thanks for listening. Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big Guy.